0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, Presents us with the parable of two men going up to the temple to pray, one a religious leader, a Pharisee, and the other a sinner, even an evil extortioner. The contrast in their prayers gives us an interesting insight into why the Lord Jesus was drawn not to the so-called righteous, but to the unrighteous, those who knew they were in captivity and in need of the jubilee. We're happy to have Dick Taylor back as we uh, fellowship on Luke chapter 18. Dick, welcome to the program again.
1: Thank you very much, Chris. I am happy to participate in the Jubilee.
0: Dick, uh, this life study of Luke, as it has evolved and unfolded, has just gotten richer, higher, and more full of enjoyment. Maybe as a bit of review, uh, why don't you say something about the Jubilee for the sake of the listeners who haven't been with us all the way through and why we use this term when we discuss the Gospel of Luke?
1: Well, the underlying thought in this book is the Jubilee, which is the kingdom of God, which is just Christ himself as the embodiment of God for our enjoyment. In the Old Testament, you had a picture of the Jubilee where those who were in bondage were released and those who had lost their possessions were brought back to their possessions for their enjoyment. But the reality of the Jubilee is Christ himself. To enter into the Jubilee really requires the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ because through His death, He takes care of all the problems that separate us from God so we could be one with Him and He can justify us. So we're released from all the negative things. What a mercy this is. And then secondly, we need the Lord's resurrection because in resurrection, He became the wonderful, all-inclusive, life-giving Spirit to bring us positively into the enjoyment of all the elements of himself as the Jubilee. So this book just has this thought of the Jubilee, which is the kingdom of God, which is just Christ. And this Christ can be realized and experienced because he's passed through death, he's entered into resurrection. And even this very moment, this Christ is so available, so dear, and so near as the Spirit All we need to do is open our heart, exercise our spirit, and just tell the Lord, Lord, I still love you. Even as you speak this, you will taste the jubilee.
0: Dick, it's interesting as uh, we've gone through this book, uh, all of the parables and the stories, it seems to show again and again that the Lord Jesus was drawn to and then drew the most sinful, the most... uh, deficient, the most unworthy, seemingly, were the ones that were drawn to him, the parable of the Good Samaritan, Right. Uh, when mm-hmm. we see, of course, Mary in the house, breaking the alabaster box, and she was the most sinful. Uh, a little later on, we have the saving of Zacchaeus, another very sinful man, and now today, we have this contrast that's presented in chapter 18 uh, of these two ones who were drawn to the temple to pray, and maybe I'll read a few of these verses to sort of set the stage. And he told this parable also to certain ones who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised the rest. Two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed these things to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing at a distance, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be propitiated to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than that one. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, but he who humbles himself shall be exalted. Dick, I'm awfully happy, I don't know about you, that sinners can be propitiated to God. Amen. This is wonderful. Well, that is the Jubilee, the release of captivity. When the Lord Jesus saw the sinner, uh, he saw someone in captivity, And that released the Jubilee life to release him from his captivity. Let's join Winneslee for our first portion, Dick.
2: The Lord Jesus came back to the matter how to enter into the kingdom. This portion shows us to enter into the kingdom. You need to take three steps. The first step, you have to humble yourself. Consider yourself nobody. Don't think you are somebody. You have considered yourself nobody. The Lord here used a parable of two persons. One is tech collector and the other is Pharisee. Listen to the Pharisee's prayer. Do you think that's his prayer? To me that is either an accusation or a boost. To accuse others and to boast to God. That is the arrogant ones, prayer. Then the despised and condemned tax collector, he prayed in a way to humble himself to the uttermost. Oh God, be propitiated to me. God, I offended you to the uttermost. I need a propitiation To appease you. This word implies the need of a redeemer. The need of a propitiation. That means you need someone to be your offering of propitiation. To appease God, to make God peaceful to you. I tell you, this humble person realizes that he was altogether nothing but a sinner. Just by such a prayer, based upon God's propitiation, the Lord says, this one goes home justified, but not the other one. Every simple person should be one that humbles himself to this extent. What is to repent? That is, to humble ourselves. When I was young, I was very arrogant, more than proud. I would never admit that I was wrong. Everybody could be wrong but me. Then on the day, the Spirit caught me. I was really humbled, subdued. I thought, none is so sinful and so bad and so mean as I am. I tell you, every saved person should be such a subdued person to humble yourself to an extent that you consider yourself nobody. You're just nobody.
0: Dick, uh, I really appreciated this because it was very practical and very experiential, and it matches our experience. I think we all uh, could identify with his last word here. There's a time in our life when we were all proud, arrogant, never wrong. But one day, The Spirit comes, and everything changes, doesn't it?
1: surely does. I'm so glad for this requirement for entering the kingdom, humbling oneself. And this is really a contrast between these two praying, isn't it, Chris? And I appreciate this verse. Everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. When you really touch the Spirit, when you really come into the Lord's presence, you realize who you are. You are nothing but sin. I'm good for nothing. I can do nothing. And you would genuinely humble yourself. So appreciate very much that uh, we need to be those who repent. We need to open ourselves to the Lord, to his dear, sweet presence today. Christ is in his word, and Christ is in our spirit. And if we really open our heart to him and turn our heart to him, and call on his dear name, we will realize we are nothing but sin, and we really need him. And only in this way can we be justified. We're not here to justify ourselves, but we're here to enjoy Christ as the one who is the offering to satisfy God. I like this point where he said, be propitiated to me. This means Only Christ, as our offering, gives us a proper stand before God, gives us peace before God, and God can really justify us. Otherwise, we're standing in God's presence by our own merit, and our own merit is worth zero. So we really need Christ, even as we pray and open to him. We just need him, even as our propitiatory offering, to satisfy God and to make God happy and peaceful. And so it's so good that in this matter of the Jubilee, which this whole book is about, Christ is even our offering to God. We would approach God in a humble way, enjoying Christ as our only possibility of being in God's presence. And this way, we enjoy Christ as our justification. That one who humbled himself went home justified.
0: Dick, this is a, uh, a somewhat intimidating word. It's a, it's a big word. It's kind of a theological-sounding word, propitiation. Yet the truth that it conveys, once we realize it is more than crucial, it becomes the very basis of our approach to God. And I think a good definition of propitiation is just this story of these two men praying. As you pointed out, the one was trying to offer what he had accomplished to God uh, to establish his standing. But the sinner had no hope there, and his hope was in someone else dealing with that problem between him and God. We need to live in the reality of a fresh propitiation every day, don't we?
1: We surely do, Chris. And you know, everybody who's listening, the simplest way to live this way is just every day practice to open up your being. Say, oh, Lord Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. I need you. You'll, you'll just fall in love with the Lord. The Lord is everything to us in the Jubilee.
0: Well, Dick, the Lord wanted to stay on this matter of being humble because he immediately now takes advantage of an opportunity where the women were bringing their babies to him, wanting him to touch them, and the disciples trying to keep them away. And the Lord speaks in verse 17, Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child shall by no means enter into it. This gives us step two for our entrance into the kingdom. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
2: Then the second step is that After you humble yourself to such an extent, you have to reconsider yourself just like a little child. A little babe with no preoccupation. It's easy for a little babe to accept any kind of new thought. I tell you, from the kingdom of man, to enter into the kingdom of God, you need to accept a new thought. We were born into the kingdom of man, right? We all are in the kingdom of man. Now we have to be transferred out of this kingdom of man into the kingdom of God. We need to receive some new thought. Who can receive new thought? Only the babes without any preoccupation. Am I right? Too many. Saved ones. They got saved, yet they don't like to be babes. They like to be doctor degree people, thinking they know everything they are through. They may be saved, yet it'd be hard for them to enter into the enjoyment of the Jubilee, to enter into the kingdom of God. They need to be like little
0: children. Dick, this is a marvelous interpretation of this verse. Let's fellowship about this point. He equates here being as little children, being a babe, to being able to receive a new thought. That's uh, quite an insight.
1: It really is. You know what it reminds me of, Chris? It reminds me of Matthew 5, 3, which says, blessed are the poor in spirit, which really means Blessed are they who are unloaded and not filled with preoccupying thoughts. So again, he brings us to this principle of the kingdom. We must become as little children with no preoccupying thought. It's so good that this principle could be unveiled so that we could be those who really enter into the enjoyment of the Jubilee. The Lord doesn't want us just to have a bunch of teaching. He wants us to be people who really experience him. And this thought about the kingdom of man and entering into the kingdom of God, if you're just occupied with the thought about kingdom of man and you're not like a babe, there's no way for you to be transferred into the kingdom of God. So blessed are the unloaded. Blessed are they who are like little children. Theirs is the kingdom of the heavens, and they are those who really enter into the kingdom of God. So this example of uh, becoming like little children really goes along with the also the example of these two people praying. There the need was for us to humble ourselves, and here still the need is for us to humble ourselves and to become like little children. And the most dangerous thing is that we're filled with our preoccupying thought, and we cannot receive the Lord in a fresh way. So I feel even this, Chris, we need to just cry out to the Lord, and just say, Lord, be merciful to me that I might be really like a child with no preoccupying thought, ready to receive you and enjoy you in your freshness as the Jubilee.
0: Dick, on this point of the Jubilee, uh, of course, the first point was the matter of being released from captivity, and we often associate that with sin. But there's another kind of captivity that is maybe represented here, and that can be the captivity of our thoughts.
1: That's true. Often
0: we're held captive by our old way of thinking, aren't we?
1: We really are. That's why the Lord wants us to be unloaded, fresh, open. Two words that bring us to the experience and enjoyment of the Jubilee in the New Testament are open vessel."
0: Well, Dick, he, uh, witnessly began today by telling us that this program, this message would unveil the three steps to entering into the kingdom. Uh, the third one is represented by the Lord's encounter with this rich young ruler. And, of course, I think most of our listeners are familiar with the story to some degree. This one claimed that he had kept all of the commandments and therefore hoped to be justified before God, wanting to know what he could do to enter into the kingdom. Uh, and then finally, Jesus said to him, still you lack one thing. All that you have sell and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in the heavens and come follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sorrowful for he was exceedingly rich. And Jesus, seeing that he had become very sorrowful, said how difficult it is for those who have riches to go into the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Amen. The third thing, Dick, that we really want to focus on today is this matter of material riches. They can be a snare and a stumbling to the kingdom, can't they?
1: They surely can.
0: Let's go back to Witness Lee.
2: We go on to the third step. That is to renounce all the physical possessions. A rich ruler came, and uh, he seemingly was seeking after eternal life, To inherit eternal life in the coming age. And the Lord talked to him. And he was so justified by himself. And he was so happy about his being. But eventually the Lord called him. And told him, very good. You have been doing quite well. But you are short of one thing. That is to sell all what you have. And to give to the poor. Not only so, this is just on the negative. But on the positive, you have to come and follow me. After hearing this, he got a real headache. He might have said, what should I do? I can do everything. Not to steal, not to lie, not to commit murder, not to commit adultery. But for me to sell all the things I have? No, I wouldn't. No, I could. So he left. Then you could see the Lord Jesus came back to the same point which he covered in chapter 14. And which he repeated in chapter 17. Now he come back to the same point. You have to renounce all the material things. Then Peter jumped up. Peter said, Lord, we have. We left our boat. <laughs> Right? We left our Father. We left even our net, even our sea. Galilee Sea, we left. We are here no more in Galilee. We are on the way to Jerusalem. We left everything behind. He was boosting. Surely he was qualified to say, what shall we get, Lord? What shall you pay us for this? We left everything. We just follow you. Thus far, we haven't received anything. <laughs> what shall we get? What shall we get? What do we get? Always a rebuking. <laughs> rebuking after rebuking. That's all. You know, what shall we get? This is Peter. You know the Lord's answer. If Peter were not in the kingdom yet, at least he is standing on the threshold right at the main gate of the kingdom of the heavens just about in, on the threshold. But the only problem, he was still a little proud.
0: Oh, Peter, Dick, gives all of his hope, doesn't he? He surely does, because we're just like him in the fallen condition. It wasn't, uh, the rich young ruler was not the only one, I think, that got a headache from this word. It's obvious from the way that the disciples and Peter responded. They got the headache, too. And I think we get the headache when we were uh, faced with this sell all and give everything you have to the poor. That's true. And we forget the second part, and come and follow me. Amen. Who can do this, Dick?
1: Yeah, this is a good question, Chris. It's good. On one hand, go and sell all. That's more on the negative side. And then come and follow me. That's on the positive side. But this brings us to all three of these steps that we've spoken about in this broadcast. Uh, Number one, who can humble themselves completely? Number two, who can be just like a... Child with no preoccupying thought. Who can sell all and completely follow the Lord? Actually, this brings us to the real truth. Nobody can. There's only one life that's the kingdom life. Only one life that's the jubilee life, and that is Christ himself. So we have to say a million zillion hallelujahs because Christ today is now living in us as the life that is able. I like Philippians 4.12 where it says, Paul says, I found the secret. And then in verse 13 he says, I can do all things in the one who empowers me. None of us can be properly humble. In fact, the more we try to humble ourselves, the more we're proud of being humble. So there's no way out. We can't humble ourselves. We can't genuinely empty ourselves. And we cannot genuinely sell all and follow the Lord. We need another life, and that is Christ himself. So Paul said, I can do all things in the one who empowers me. We have to thank the Lord so much that the requirements of the kingdom can be fulfilled as we turn, open our heart to the Lord, exercise our spirit, and just take him as the unique life that fulfills all these requirements and fulfills all these steps. Isn't it wonderful, Chris? That today, our Christ is right now the Lord who's with our spirit. And he is grace to us. He's enjoyment to us. He wants us to enjoy him as the Jubilee. He's not only the one who's released us from everything negative and brought us into himself as all the enjoyment, but he's the supplying one to fulfill every requirement related to entering into the Jubilee or the kingdom. Our Christ is just too
0: precious. Oh, Lord, we love you. Dick, don't we have the same testimony that when we're enjoying this one, when we're really freshly in our love to him, uh, these uh, material things and the riches, uh, they just don't mean that much, do they?
1: They don't. They're all vanity. Christ is the one reality. He's our real gain.
0: Oh, Dick, I uh, I love our opportunities to fellowship on this gospel and on the jubilee, and on, especially when it brings us to the enjoyment of Christ. And... uh Time and again, I notice when you're here, we enjoy a million zillion hallelujahs. I've often wondered, Dick, how many zeros are there in a zillion? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know it's a lot. (laughs) Say it again for us, Dick, as we close today.
1: A million zillion hallelujahs for Jesus. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Thank you, Brother Dick. We hope that uh, you listening have uh, a million zillion hallelujahs in your heart to this dear Lord Jesus that we have uh, been trying to bring to you each day in this life study of the Gospel of Luke. We'd like to remind you, of course, that we have the printed life study messages that are really a benefit if you've been touched and seen these verses from a fresh point of view. You'll really want to take advantage and receive these life study messages. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888 543 You can write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or by sending an email to radio at lsm.org. That's it for today. For Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening.